welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Now, this could be an absolute car crash of a show. Or actually, you smell we? Shut up! (laughs) Because foolishly, I have let Matt and Conrad be on the same show. And if you think that Matt behaves like a child normally, or Conrad behaves like a child normally, put them together. And it just gets worse. Don't know what you're talking about. That's rude. So I'm despairing mm. already. This is dissing us. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Hashtag dis. dis. <laughs> Not that. Dis. All that. <sighs> Hello. Hello, Conrad. Hello, Michael. How are you today? I am fine. Hello, Matthew. Don't call him that. He doesn't like it when you call him that, oh, Conrad. No, Conrad. You should know this by now. Conrad can call me it. Oh, I see. That's just favouritism then, because you had a, you were right snarky when I called you it the other time. Um, yeah, it is favouritism. I like Conrad more than I like you. Hello, Matthew. How are you today? Well, I, I feel slightly morose now. <laughs> Didn't realise we were playing favourites. Oh yeah. I've known Conrad. Twen- <laughs> I've known Conrad twenty odd years. Depressing me. <laughs> that was when I was a, a, a mere sperm. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> you were still in your thirties. This is true. No, no this, this is this is depressing. Okay, so uh, we have a we have a friend called Rory. Um, who is he, it? He, the he, real friend? Yeah, no, he's a re- he is a real. He's a real. He's a real boy. He's a real. He, he is a real boy because he's like twenty three years old. I've met uh, Rory. Yeah, time. yeah. So he he comes to Malifaux tournaments and stuff with us, and um, he's got a new job that get, enable, gives him more freedom on a Sunday. So um, he's coming to, he's coming to more more events with us. What it uh, doesn't give him is a mode of bloody transport. No. <laughs> so so we are getting. No. Why, why would why would he need a mode of transport when he's got you? Because he lives and, in completely right. opposite direction to us. So we have to go out our way to pick him up to get him to the events. But because we're nice, we get him to events. However, we were having a conversation today on Facebook, and he's installing a, go- a game called Overwatch, which is a game that I play. Um, and we were, we were chatting about it, and I said I was level 35, and one of his friends who work at his place said that she was level 115. She... As well, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chantel. Um, is that his, his horny housemate? No, it's just someone who works with him. And Rebecca is, is level one hundred and seventeen in this game. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty rubbish, basically. Um, but it occurred to me as I was having this conversation that we're talking about a first-person shooter. That I've been playing first-person shooters longer than they've been alive, and that was just depressing. That's quite depressing. It was it was more than quite depressing, let me tell you. I can see that would get you down. So. Especially as you're only level... 35? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah right. you noob. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. After I finish talking to you, I'm going to go and play some more to try and get my level up a bit. You're not leet. I'm not leet. I was leet. No, I, know, I was never leet. I was only deadly. I never got to elite. Anyway, we're not talking computer games. Oh, I went to I went to the cinema yesterday. You did go to the cinema yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I went to see. What uh, did you see? We know. By the way, see... we know the answer to this question. This yeah. is all theatrical radio stuff. 
What did you see, Conrad? Tell me now. I must know. I went to see the new film by Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. See, we saw that on a trailer. We were... The previous episode to this one, Matt and I were talking about trailers and stuff, and we saw a trailer for that on a couple of movies that we went and saw recently. And yeah. both times, I watched the trailer and went, oh my God, why would I ever go and watch that? So try and convince me why I should have gone and watched it. It's a Guy Ritchie film. <laughs> yeah. So has it got Cockney Gangster Knights? Um, maybe a little bit. Do they go all right, geezer? Uh, probably not as much as that, but Eric Banner's in it. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the Hulk film that was awful as well. So that, that don't mean nothing. I like <laughs> Eric Banana, but that does not make a good movie just having him in it. Neil Maskell's in it. He's a good actor. From Utopia. Did you ever watch Utopia on Ch- Chanel 4? The crazy thing about the comic book. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm aware of it, but I did not watch it. That's a very good I'm not disputing program. that Guy Ritchie has made some good movies. The first Sherlock Holmes movie was good. The, yeah. second, about, the second one was dire. I did about Lock, Lock Stock as well. And Lock yeah, Stock. Lock Stock and the Snatch were good. Yeah. Yes. Um, Revolver, Revolver was awful. Snatch wasn't that great. It was all right. It was all, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't, but it wasn't lock stock good. No, but I mean the Sherlock Holmes films were good. I thought. I liked the first one. I didn't like the second one. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I I like them both. I just, I think he he that sort of period genre fitted his style quite well. What Cockney gangster crime solvers? It wasn't really Cockney gangster though, was it? It's a it little was, bit it... of Cockney gangster it's got, in there. It's got Mark. It's, not... it's got Mark Strong in it. I mean, it's got. It's not lock stock Cockney gangster, is it? Well, no, there was no Stath, was there? No, no. So why did I go and see? I went to see it because it was Arthur, and I like Arthurian dark age type films. And uh, I went away. I went there with no expectations. I was quite worried about it because they've got Charlie Hunnaman 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 Hunnam 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 is he Aussie is he an Aussie or is he uh, South African or is he where is he from somewhere why does it matter down the road he's born in Newcastle apparently well there you go can't hold that against him no you can you can Northern monkey I I hadn't right go on make your point you're just I hadn't I hadn't liked the clips necessarily. I'm not a big fan of Jude Law. Well, um, he speaks very highly of you. He'll be mortified. He will be, but you know, do you know what? Until he pays me back that tenner that I've got to pay the you Pope sh- as well. You shouldn't have slept with Sienna Miller. That was the thing. That's oh, I'd what love did to it. Have slept with Sienna Miller. <laughs> I now what... get it. I need to go and look who's up who Sienna Miller is. She was the one out of Layer Cake. That's a that's a that's a Matt Vaughan film, isn't it? That is. But she was the one that um, Daniel Craig was trying to have a bit away with when he then got mugged and took up the top of the tall building with Michael Gambon, the blonde sort. Sienna Rose Diana Miller. I don't know her middle name. Is a a British American actress, model, and fashion designer. Yes. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, she's quite nice. Yeah. Anyway. 
I'll stop myself then. Uh, I came out of it being pleasantly surprised. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It had aspects of previous Ritchie films, you know, the slow-mo fights with the, the, gangsters. the, the perspective shots uh, as and then speeded up. Uh, yeah. The CG was really, really impressive and uh, was influenced, I think, by things like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The well, it looked like it had a massive or a large fantastical element to it. Yes, it Is did. Is that so th- the case? It did, and I think that was what really appealed to me the most at, at coming out at, at the end of the film, was that it was a decent fantasy film. Uh, and I thought, all right, take away everything else about Because he does do the Cockney ga- gangster thing. He does do a few skits where they rewind what happened and they sort of you know do that whole dialogue bit where they go and then what happened and then what happened um Mm. but as a fantasy film i thought it was pretty decent um and i didn't mind jude law in it i thought he made a great baddie there's some great ideas in there as well um and the music the soundtrack i found absolutely stunning um it's been done by with a very celtic trancey feel to it clanad no no it's it's more sort of drum and bass trance uh, there's a guy called sam lee who's a, a big folk singer he sings the well, main he's <laughs> that was the joke i was gonna make Beat you. you did no <laughs> he's quite thin actually is he okay um, so are you telling me that i made a mistake not going to see it in the cinema uh, I don't think you made a mistake not going to see it in the cinema. It's definitely worth a watch on telly, but oh, I okay. went and saw it at the cinema. But, I mean, apparently his last two films have flopped, so um, Man yeah, from Uncle, which I really enjoyed as well. But there you go. Wait, what, a, were his, what were his last two? Man from Uncle. Oh, Man from Uncle was awful. Uh, I'm a Man from Uncle fil- film, a Man from Uncle fan. Oh, anyway, so, so am I. And that's why it was awful. It was different, but I enjoyed it. Oh no, it was dire. Oh, I. Oh no, I absolutely. I mean, really, really hated it. I don't think you liked it, Conrad. I don't think you liked it. No. I'm, I'm picking up some subtle nuances. It, I don't. It, I don't think you'll like. I don't paid, think you'll enjoy Arthur then. It paid no resemblance to the source material whatsoever if you're going to use a name of a show in the past or a movie in the past then you don't do a shot for shot remake but you have to pay some sort of homage to it and it and man from uncle paid no homage to the tv show i mean you look at something like the true grit remake yeah. where it's not it's not the same movie but it was respectful of the the original movie. Man no, from I mean, Uncle I, was not I, respectful of the TV series, and it's like all of the. Well, I mean, we were talking about it the other day. It's like, um, you know, Chips or Baywatch or. That looks good. Starsky and Cut. Oh, the review. Kutch? Yeah, but the reviews have been terrible for. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame because The Rock can do no wrong. Yeah, apparently it's got. The reviews are saying that it's very confused about what it wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I think it's meant to be a film. 
because it yeah. doesn't it doesn't know who the main protagonist is supposed to be. Anyway, I went oh, to well, see it and between, I enjoyed between it. Between the rock and Zac Efron. Yeah. Between the rock and a hard place. I wouldn't call Zac Efron a hard place. I don't know. I've not seen him naked. Oh, you wish, though. <laughs> £6.50 in a Premier Inn. That's all it cost me. <laughs> <laughs> and a grinder account. Yeah, obviously. We're still not going to explain what grinder is. <laughs> um, um, all right. Anyway. See, I, I still I don't think there's been a good Arthur film since Excalibur. Ooh, what about uh, the one if where you, they, they If you say Richard Gere, I'm gonna come round your house and punch you in the face. Or the Clive the, the, Owen, or the Clive Owen one, that's gonna be another beating. Yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. That. Well the one with Ray Winston as a Viking kind of thing, and more importantly, IKEA Knightley as some sort of weird fur clad archer. The King Arthur film. Yeah, which is yeah. awful. It wasn't awful, it was good. I thought it was okay as well. Right, so what Connor, what we have proved is that whilst I may get things occasionally wrong about movies, according to Matt, Conrad never gets And Mark right. Bedford. What does he know? Stellan Skarsgård's in it as well. So, you can pack a movie full of stars. It doesn't mean it's not a bad movie. No. Guardians of the Galaxy 49. 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. It's a good movie. Mad Max. Fury dragged Road. Drag, dragged a bit in uh, Ego, I thought. Which is like three quarters of the movie. Looked like a Hockney painting half of the time. Anyway. Oh, no, I'm not cultured enough. Anyway, we weren't supposed to be talking about movies. No, we were meant to be talking about my Lord. penchant in, into playing particular board games at the moment. Right, so should we talk about that then? Oh, go on. Then. Given that's what we're supposed to be talking about, that arranging, still... rec- arranging recording sessions with you is as rare as hen's teeth, and you've just wasted like loads of our recording time blethering on about a movie that we're not interested in. Which people will be interested in. And I, go, I was oh, kind yeah, of interested in it. I thought it would be all right to go and see. I think yeah, but then, be, he I just, think, but then he said I that think... he liked the Clive Owen as King Arthur movie. Yeah, and so now I have no faith in him. <laughs> Go and watch it. You'll probably enjoy it. Honest. To be fair, to be fair, Matt had no interest in the Power Rangers movie and he enjoyed that. It was alright. It was better than Ghost in the Shell. Yes, it was. All Ghost in the Shell had going for it was my future wife in a very skin-tight, fleshy-coloured costume. She was lovely in it. Yeah, she'd get it. I'm not quite sure how she's going to be your future wife, to be honest. It's it's simple. What are you going to do with we Sarah? We get married. What are you going to do with Sarah? You what? What are you going to do she's with gonna Sarah? Be, she's going to be my UK wife. Scarlett's going to be my US wife. Ah, well, Nick, have, you got well, a pass- have, have you got a passport then? I'm working on that. <laughs> so we'll need to, uh, she'll need to divorce me first, though. You'll be You're dead. You're like a thousand years old. I'm oh, a new trailer. Talking about that new trailer for the Mummy film. Oh, that is rubbish as well. Ah, but did you see it's a fifteen? Yes, I thought it looked all right. In fairness, I thought it looked all right as well. And I'm even more interested if it's a fifteen. I'm yeah. looking forward to uh, Wonder Woman. I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman as well. Which, given that it's a DC movie, I'm quite shocked. 
got some uh, good got some good reviews. It's rated well on Rotten Tomatoes. I it's blown the blown the bejesus out of every other DC film by about eighty percent. Well, I mean, even even the tra- the trailer makes it look decent as well. So see, I, I, think, I'm to I think it's the um, the retro timeline. Yes, yeah, and the fact exactly. that and, and the fact, and the fact that, that Gal Gadot Gadot is so hot. I don't think that's actually, I think it's the fact that Zack Snyder hasn't been allowed to touch it, and so therefore you yeah. can see everything. <laughs> everything? Was that the x oh, I'd like to see everything of Gal Gadot. Oh, behave! She'd get it. <laughs> Be interesting to see what happens now with Justice League, for whatever reasons you feel about Zack Snyder's filmmaking. Obviously, the, the personal tragedy has ex- happened in his family yes. means that Joss Whedon is now going to be heavily involved if not taking the helm for the Justice League movie. But you see, I don't think they'll let Joss do what Joss does. No. Because it would be a it would be such a screeching 90 degree turn from the direction that they're taking that whole DC universe. Which what, is... you mean that he'd make it good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they've gone for a very grim, dark feel, haven't they? Well, you mean you can't see a bloody thing? You mean like Arthur? It's got grim, dark feel to it. Has it? Yeah. Can you see stuff on the screen, though? It was very dark at points. <laughs> was anyway, that, was, was it made by Zack Snyder? They turned the lights down. No, it wasn't, no. Was it when you kind of dozed off? I was off? <laughs> going to say. <laughs> Did you sort of doze off? This film's really dark, I can't see anything. And, and she was like, <laughs> Conrad, your eyes are shut again. And then somebody had to make sure that I was alive. Yeah, did they hold a mirror under your nose? <laughs> With white powder on it. No. I, don't, no. I don't want to know about your weekend that habits. That was when you were younger. Don't do drugs, kids. Stay at school. Yeah. Stay away from town. Don't do drugs at school. Or foot, foot powder as well. Don't no, do I'm foot not. powder at school. But you can, anyway. You can use it as a cutting agent. Well, foot powder... Yeah, I was used bicarbonate of soda. You can use anything as a cutting agent. Yeah. Do they take thirty percent? Oh. Are we going to? Are we going to talk, or should we just like go? Well, this was an episode, and then start another episode, or shall so, we just talk so, about? Board so games? I, I backed a couple of Kickstarters last year. I think it was. So that's not board games at all. Uh, one, one of which was the others. That's a, a board game. A collaboration between who? Who was it between? McVeigh and Guillotine. And Guillotine. Um, and that finally came, and eventually we played it. And yeah, it's um, a... just a, a warning, Conrad. We have mm-hmm. to be very careful when we talk about the others and the direction of play. No, no, no. I'm not getting involved in this again. Just, I'm just saying we have to be very careful. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Because I have the others as well, and we have also played it, so we can certainly talk about the others. Okay, and how did you find? How many games have you had? We've had two. I have no idea how many. We must have had about ten, fifteen, possibly even more. It's, it's Mommy, a game you're that smashing it then. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I bought some of the. Um, Extra gangs when mm-hmm. uh, when this when when did that come out anyway bought some of the extra gangs and the apocalypse set when it was when it was all when oh, the, the pre Brexit yeah, yeah pre Brexit so 
everything made sense then, you know, what, from a do- dollar dollar pound point of view. Oh um, no, I like the I like no shh shh. Oh yeah, no, no, not for, yeah. Yeah, who gets paid in dollars, Mike? That we me. How's, how's the crashing pound against the dollar worked out for you? What, you mean the pound losing like 35% of its value against the dollar? Yeah. Oh, it's been quite good. <laughs> it's like a free 35% raise. <laughs> so how, how how did you find your two games then? You know, well, what? I just turned up and they, they were there. Um. Well, one contentious issue just aside... We're not ge- talking about it. No, the actual game was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I um, was I was concerned it was just going to be a reskin zombie side. Yes. Oh. Yeah, we had that. Dis- it, we had that discussion before we started playing, didn't we? Yeah. And it isn't, is it? No, it is not a reskin zombie side. It is a different game altogether. And I'm actually sure, I'm sure there's actually a lot more depth that we didn't get into. I think the because, depth, yeah. the, the depth uh, for me is um, in the hero creation. You know, putting your band of heroes together. Um, mm. Yeah, we just use to, the default, which is where you start. So the idea is that you the it is a, a co-op game with the heroes being cooperative but they're playing against time and they're playing against um, a baddie who is, who is the, in the shape of the a sin, one of the de- seven deadly sins. Um, I like the uh, last. It's my favorite. <laughs> but you have a number of different types of missions as well that you can play. You can play a, was it, what are they called? Destruction, retribution and something mm. else type missions. And they all have a different flavor which affects the gameplay and affects or influences the the sort of gang choice, the hero choice of figures that you you put together. Um, but I love the mechanics. Um, I've had a, we've had a few problems, but they've been quite responsive with um, sorting, clarifying some of the queries, um, specifically with character hero characters and some of the interactions of the card draws um, and what's going on on the board sort of thing. But I don't think it's a board game that I will get bored of because it is quite different every time um, that you play it as well. Yeah. I think one of the issues, one of the issues that I have with it, which is, I think it's probably my biggest issue is that it, you, it falls into the trap of one player versus many. Okay, I can see that. that there, 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 there isn't... Where, for me, Zombicide worked better... Because it's collaborative. Zombicide is completely collaborative against an AI. Um, this falls into the... Um, you know, you've got... One person is basically the baddie, and the rest are the goodies. Yep. Um, which is the problem that I had with things like uh, what was the flying? What's the flying frog zombie game? Last Dead night of on winter. Earth. Oh, yep. last night on Earth. Yeah. Um, it's the problem that I had with last night on Earth. For instance, is that 
um, you know, you're playing that thing. Um, and it's fine if you could, if there's someone who likes to be the bad guy. But most people want to play the heroes, and so generally the host of the gaming session ends up by default being the bad guy. I, I don't mind playing both. I, I find it quite a a challenge being one or the other because as the sin player, you're out to stop them achieving their goals or their missions. Um, and as the hero player, obviously, you're trying to achieve those missions. So I, it works both ways for me. Um, there's different types of... Yeah, it's but a different type the, of game if you play. Yeah, but the problem is if you're, the sim, if you're the sim player, you are playing on your own. You're not part of the team. Uh, uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's a purely it's a purely personal thing. I mean, that that's my it's my biggest issue with it. I think the the rule from a rules point of view, I thought it was an excellent game. I thought that what they'd done is was very very clever. Um, the quality of the game. You know the physical quality of it was pretty decent. There was a li- there was a few issues with some of the game boards, um, you know, with the cardstock bending in the corners and stuff. What with the actual gaming tiles themselves? Yes. Okay, I- I've not had that. Um, but is, is that is that something you've experienced or that you've read about? No, it's something I experienced. Okay, so the, the game comes with a number of city tiles, which can be, and they're all squares, and they they are. Put together the missions that you have have a set layout of the tiles, um, so you put the maps are different basically. Yeah. For for each mission, um, uh, and the mission the missions are good because they're a they're a stage thing, and at some point you get to choose which which missions you go. So there's a choice sometimes for which one, whether it be a killy type thing or a removal of corruption tokens or or whatever. Um, so I like that because it, you know, it gives you a bit of choice as well. And then every mission has a summon the avatar bit, which is always cool because you get to put your big gribbly on the board. Yeah. No, I mean it, it was it was good. It was it was fun. It, it certainly you know it passed the afternoon, and we had a diverse group of players playing it. You know, of interest in it from you know. People who got their own sets who were looking at how it worked to people who just turned up because it was, you know, a gaming day. Yeah. Um, so, no, it, it, worked, it worked well from that, that point of view. But, no, I mean, it, it is a good game. I would definitely... It would definitely get a thumbs up rather than a, you know, a thumbs it, in the middle or a thumbs down. And you get a lot in the box. And I think retail price is about 70 or 80 quid now if you want to just get the the base... The base set, as it were. Yes, yes. And so, from a Kickstarter point of view, it was certainly well worth the buying. Yes, it was one of those ones that was very much worth buying at the Kickstarter point. One and a half million, it nearly one point four million. Yeah, no, it was good. And the, the mon- I mean, the, you can't fault them. The sculpts—they're absolutely awesome. Um, it's like a lot of those come on because it's a come on game, isn't it? Yes. Um, it's like a lot of those. The, the sculpts are so good that sometimes it's worth investing in them just for the sculpts so that you can use them if you're going to use them in other things. Um, and those ones are so good that there are so many things that I could use those models for if I didn't want to play the game that it's a worthwhile investment. 
No, I, I, I agree with you, especially the, the, the big gribbly monsters and some of the, uh, uh, the lesser monsters as well. Uh, yeah. And even the sort of smaller monsters that you could see being used in, in some way, shape or form, even if it, you know, if you were using, using it in a futuristic apocalyptic game, even or, or an undead horror type game or fantasy game. So yeah, there's definitely reuse if you want, if you don't want to play the game and you don't like it. But for me, it was quite, it's an elegant game and it, it's, it's given me a lot of pleasure and a lot of um, people who've played it have asked me to bring it back a number of times um, to play it over and over and over again. So that's why it's got such a big reuse um, yeah. and replayability out of it. Yeah, I would agree. So the other Kickstarter that I backed uh, in and around that time was Blood Rage, which is uh, another Eric Lang game. Yeah, I've got, um, that, as well. I've got that as well. So that, and this is another uh, studio, studio McVeigh. Is it a come on thing as well? I it, is, it, it is, is a it? come on, yeah, because he's their lead designer now. Um, and Adrian Smith has done the artwork for this, so you can expect the imagery and artwork to be proper good, as it were. Yeah. But this is a this is a Viking based game, so it sat in the box for a long, long while, mainly because we were playing the others all the time. And about a month ago, so it's a good while that it's just been sat in the box, because I think we got these last year sometime, didn't we? Yes. Um, I got it out, as it were, and we played it through. Um, it's uh, initially in the, ma- the base box set. It's a two-to-four player game. Uh, and this is not a cooperative game. It's uh, it's a player versus player game. Um, essentially, it's about you, each player or each each player representing a clan, a Viking clan, earning the most glory um, points. So it's a, it's a you've got to do things to collect glory points, and the the player with the most glory wins the game. <clears throat> but you can increase the number of players by uh, if you'd invested in or bought into um, a clan expansion type pack, so it increases the p- number of players that can play that way. Um, <clears throat> but another surprisingly simple game with a huge amount of um, uh, playability and a huge amount of strategy in it, caused by or brought about by a number of few little things in the game which make it just very very different so uh you, you have three ages in in blood age, blood rage blood age okay. um so that the game is time boxed pretty much the same way as the others is time box either by through the death of all the heroes <clears throat> or the heroes um achieving all levels of their mission um so you play one age Something happens at the end of the... Well, Ragnarok happens at the end of each age and a territory gets destroyed. So there's a map of a map that you play on with regions uh, in it. Uh, and then on to the next age, then on to the next age. Uh, so it's, it's, it's compact that way. But the, the subtlety 
comes into the fact that for each age you have a deck of cards um, and these are cards that provide you with upgrades or um, abilities to help you when you when you fight um, other players to take a to pillage a particular region um, and at the very start of the game you you draw a hand sorry the very start of each age you draw a hand of eight of these cards you pick one they have a draft phase you pick one you pass the net the re- remaining set of cards to the player to your left and then you carry on until you've got a hand of six cards and that just that little element completely changes the game to just being given a set of cards and going oh these are the cards I'm playing with because you know what you've got. You get to know what's probably in the other player's hands, uh, but you can only pick one of those cards as you swap the the drawer around to build your hand of six six um, six cards that can be used during that round. Um, it's a very simple game because you only you you can only do a certain number of things. You can sort of um, invade. You pay pay. Um, the, there's a resource in it called rage. Um, and I think the other one's glory. Something there. Something's there to determine the number of figures that you can have on the on the board. So you're limited on how much you can do. So when you invade, you bring you pay a rage cost to bring something onto the board. And then in each region, you have a number of um, open squares, villages, which you can pillage. And if there's no one in in that region or no one in a in a, an adjacent region, then essentially that becomes yours and in that region is a reward chit which you turn over and one of those will essentially either earn you glory or and or increase one of your stats so you're getting better um throughout the game hopefully um but if there are players in that region or in adjacent regions that you can't just pillage you have a a a situation you have a choice where you um you call to battle to to fight in that region, and at that point you play these other cards. You move figures into the region, total up your strength, and play a card which will potentially affect the battle. And basically, the player with the most strength wins um, the reward in that region. All the others go to Valhalla and die, but they they are returned at the end of the at the end of after Ragnarok's finished in the age. Um, but yeah, so you earn you earn glory points from winning battles. You earn glory points from achieving quests. Uh, so you, you might have, one of the quests might be have the most strength in a particular region or um, get one of your boats destroyed. Um, but it's a very small rule book, very simple set of rules, but with a surprising amount of elegance and strategy. Um, in there as well and it's really again brilliant set of miniatures especially the, the monsters uh, and the base figures the vikings themselves uh, and the components again really high quality as you'd expect from a company like come on and with you know with these sort of collaboration col- collaboration sort of projects that they put out um but yeah no i thoroughly recommend that you crack it open as it were and have a game Okay, so I have it. Um, I've not played it. Uh, and I cannibalise the miniatures for other things. 
Brilliant. It was for you. It was always about that. That was what I bought it. That was it? what I bought it for. Um, I never intend. I never intended to play it. Uh, I think I was going to use some of the figures for um, and of gods or gods and mortals type yeah, project. But I use hmm. I use them for that, and I use them in my barbarians and various things. I use the Vikings and the big griblies, like you say, they're awesome. No, and they're um, that plasticky, softy plastic type. Well, yeah, but it's not mega soft. No, not re- not Reaper Bone soft. No, it's not as bendly as as that. And they are stunning sculpts. Yep. No, absolutely. I, so those are the two games that I've been playing quite a lot of. And then uh, then all of a sudden, uh, Phil at the club introduced me to a board game called Splendor. We had a couple of games of that on Sunday. Um, designed by a guy called Mark Andre. Peter's uh, brother. Maybe. I'm not sure. I can go away and check the family tree. Um, and this is a, a game about... It's a game of chip collecting and card development is is what it's described as. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, this looks a bit hard. This looks a bit boring. But after I played the first game, um, I think it's something that I'm going to either ask for as a present or buy myself because I think it's about 20 odd quid as opposed to uh, you know one of the blood rage type the others type game and I think potentially it could be used as a gateway game to play you know for you Mike with with the family or for me with the family as well type thing Um, because it has an element of accessibility to it which potentially would allow people to say, "Oh, okay, this I, I kind of get this and uh, uh, and enjoy it, as it were." Um, but you get it's essentially just a card game with a load of what are to, uh, what are they called? Poker chips, and the poker chips have got stickers of gems on them. Um, you have. And what you've got to do is essentially collect the gems as currency to buy cards, to buy cards with which either have gems on them, which you can, which you can keep in your hand and act as a gem for currency. Okay. But the ultimate aim of the game is some of the cards, the, the four rows of cards are tiered. So the lowest row will just have a cost element on them and will have a gem on it. The next row might have the same, but some of the uh, cards are worth a point or two. And the third row are a lot more expensive and maybe worth three, four, five points. And the the idea is to collect 15 points and then the games, there's a final round uh, before everyone totals up the points and, uh, and uh, you work out who the winner is. So again, it's a, it's a, a game that is time boxed to it, it probably takes about 30 minutes 40 minutes to to have we were playing with three players but it was uh, again it was a surprisingly elegant little game which i didn't think it would 
be as enthralling as it was sort of thing okay it might it might be just a place that i am at the moment with with board games but i seem to be playing a lot more board games than i than i ever was before what's it called this one it's called splendor or is it spelled it's called splendor isn't it i'm sure it's called splendor i don't know i tweet i put it in the uh the chat splendor the game Yes, it is Splendor, definitely. Most playable game designed by Mark Andre and published in 2014 by Space Cowboys. What, actual Space Cowboys? Yeah, they came down to this planet. What were their names? Uh, Bob. Jimbo. Injun Joe. That was it. £21.34. It's a nice round number. Oh, you didn't go for the one that's sort of at £2,000 in? <laughs> no. So you say this is good, is it? Uh, I think it's a good, good little game. Right. Um, I, I think it's a game that... I bought that... it, so it better be good. <laughs> Live on-air purchase, gentle listener. Yeah. So that'd be good. What are you going to do to him if it isn't? Well, you'll be you'll be his best friend then. No, he's not known me for a million years. There's one that's cheaper. Look, this twenty pound ninety nine one that's rather the, than twenty one pound thirty four. That's the one I bought. The twenty ninety nine. And then when you do a search on Amazon for Splendor, the next, the third thing that comes up is Elizabeth Arden Eau de Parfum. 125 mil Splendor. Don't buy that because it's not the game. See, I searched in Toys and Games so that I didn't get that. I was being lazy. Oh. You're rubbish. (laughs) And there you are, that's it. I didn't look for it because it's not Tau. (laughs) Or Samurai. Okay, so so let's, let's, let's recap. Two of the games... You've got you've talked about. I'd already had the third one. I've yep. now purchased one of them. I've played and it was quite good. We quite we had quite fun, but we haven't played it since. Though yep. I did consolidate. I did reduce the huge Kickstarter box that was about two and a half feet high um, down to one box by just throwing all the packaging away. So that was quite good. Um, the second one which is Blood Rage. If someone wants a game of Blood Rage with some bits missing, it's got the rule. You could play it. Um, then contact me and they can have a copy because um, I'll never get around to playing it and I've taken all the figures that I want out of it. <laughs> that might cause, cause a bit of a problem because the monsters are things... These There are monster upgrades. So when you when you buy a monster, you would expect to have the figure for it. Well, then they can't have it then. <laughs> I've just got a load of plastic Vikings that I'll just bundle up and not sell on eBay, but think about it. And use for some other project. Well, no, I've used the ones that I've got the ones that I wanted. Um, and uh, but I'm never, but I literally I'm never going to play it. And uh, Splendor, I now have on its way by the wonders of Amazon. And if it's rubbish, it will be your fault. I'm sorry. 
It's all right. Blame Matt because he's the one who's going to have to play it with me. <laughs> That's fine. I'm more than willing to give things a go just the once, and if we don't like it, we shan't play it again. Simples. Yeah, man. I'm sure we. I'm sure we find forty token. Yeah. I'll see if I can get the kids to play. Oh, we'll be able to play at um, Mage, though. Yes, very true. Mage will have loads of people wanting to play board games. Yes, especially in the evening. These people like the Wintons and stuff are coming. Oh, they'll bring a, a small car boot of uh, board games, won't yeah. they? Yeah, they are my go-to people on board games, so... Well, perhaps perhaps they could uh, tweet a recommendation on whether Splendor's any good or not, if they if they've got it. I'm sure they have. Well, you've oh, told me it's good. You've told me it was fun. It's a strategic game as well. Oh God, so I'll be rubbish at it then. <laughs> Don't have to roll dice with it. Oh, Matt might not lose then. Oh no, what am I saying? I don't have to use dice to lose. I can use cards um, and all sorts of things. Life. That's not all that bad. Got a fiancé. Got a new job that's going to allow me to record and play more. That's true. That'll be good. Yeah. It's all good, bruv. Right. Well, I think that's that's, that's probably it. Conrad's talked about that now. Um, just to let you know, in upcoming episodes, um, we're going to talk about Doctor Who and Conrad's going to have a bit of a rant. Not about Doctor Who, interestingly, but about something else. Maybe. Oh, you are? Is it about his reduction in his disability allowance? We don't Is think... it the fact he's got to sell his house in order to afford care? Care? Care. Maybe. Until next time. Yeah. I've been Mike. I've been Matthew. I've been Conrad. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>